0: Welcome to The Wedding of Connor, Roy, and Willa Ferreira, our weekly guide to the inner workings of the Roy family. I'm Chuckles the Clown, a.k.a. Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's scheduling a conference call with the world's best airplane medical expert. It's Arturo
1: yes, Zurita. Been working around the clock to make this statement. If you would like your name on it, Zach, we're including everyone's name possible before we put out the statement for the statement of the statement.
0: I think for the share of the for the uh, state of the shareholders and the stock price, my name should be on that statement.
1: Well, I, and we have enough time. The markets haven't closed yet. Actually, officially, exactly. this one. <laughs> Uh
0: This week's succession—a a big one, a memorable one. Uh, 16 minutes into the episode, Jesse Armstrong delivering an absolutely brutal punch that I don't think many people saw coming, or at least they didn't see it coming quite so soon. Logan Roy, American Titan and beloved father, dead at the age of 84 years old. Uh, he died as he lived, attending to business instead of being by his family. Uh, we talked last week about how things seem to be lining up for Logan to die estranged from his kids. But his Arturo, children. were you ready to see it happen so soon?
1: I might be a little delayed. I feel like I'm on the uh, oh. his uh, uh, website or his little network coming in late. I'm going to refresh a little bit. but
0: Oh, yeah. We're having some uh... – I see
1: you put the uh, Los Angeles Times thing up there. Um, yeah. I was completely shocked when it happened. Uh, hold on. I'm going to refresh really quick.
0: Cool. Yeah. I mean it's such a shocking thing to, to occur, uh, especially in a show where I feel like – We've taken for granted that we get these family dynamics, that we're going to see all these amazing actors continue to do their thing. And like one thing that I talked about, I was asked a question on Twitter before the season even started, things that I would like to see happen. I kind of was hoping that we'd get Logan Roy's death before the penultimate episode or something like that so we could see what actually happens You know, when the kids have to deal with the vacancy he leaves behind, Uh, but to see it happen in the first half of the season rather than the back half or the penultimate episode, it's just, it runs counter to what I think we expect from TV and just is that much more shocking, that much more surprising.
1: I was working on something last night, and I was trying to beat it. I always forget if it's at 8 or 9 because, you know, I don't watch Mm -hmm. it live like that. And I get one text message, and it's three dots. And I don't know if this man's still typing. (laughs) Something happened. Passover didn't go well. And I immediately realize, damn, I'm 20 minutes late to the episode. I drop what I'm doing. We go set up. And I, I, I knew the moment. Like, I had already known 20 minutes in something's going to happen because that's when this man texts me. And when it mm-hmm. happens, I was like, all right, they, they knocked it out of the park. We've been so used to HBO pulling that episode nine, maybe an eight, three, three. Yeah. And it, it with, completely with, up with that many left. It completely
0: upends your expectations for the rest of the season, too, because we were already, like, forecasting what is this going to mean? How is this going to play out? Now Roman is on his father's side. How is that going to affect the dynamic? And they just pulled the rug out from under you. And I thought it was not only just, like, surprising in the sense that, like, it's not how... Moments like this are typically typically delivered in a season of television, like we were saying, mm-hmm. right? But I thought it was also extremely smart and extremely effective of them to have his death come, not in some, like, glorifying death scene, not with Brian Cox able to deliver one last monologue. I thought it was really uh, well well-crafted to barely even show him. Like you don't kind of get that moment of finality. And like, I don't know, I don't mean to get like intensely personal right off the bat, but like, I don't know about you, the way that I've experienced death in my own life with the people who I've loved has never really been like we sit around a hospital bed and wait for them to go or something like that. It's been receiving a call at a moment when you don't expect it and then Mm -hmm. having to react to that. And I just found that to be so much more relatable, so much more effective, Effective and emotional and and just really tragic in that moment.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100% before you even like let that process. There's a part of you when you're watching the show that makes you go on Easter. Is this man going to rise up again? And they do this little <laughs> tug and pull where they don't fully want to show you, right? Uh, is this a big stunt that's happening on the wedding day? Is he still going to show up? Is he going to you know, pull a fast one on the kids one last time? And then slowly you mm-hmm. realize, no, it's not. And that like speaks more to like how messed up the family dynamics are, that that may be the first thing you think of before it's anything else. Um, but then they show you little glimpses of his body there. And I think that's when it really starts coming together and they knocked it out of the park. I'm sure you watched the uh, after the show where they they mentioned just a little bit about how they filmed it, but man, do we need some behind the scenes. They talked about filming within this yacht, right? Like you have some Mm -hmm. crazy exteriors out there, and I'm like, are they actually filming in this place? Turns out they had them set, ready to hear the news, cameras set up and like hiding. They said he was hiding film rolls in order to be able to swap them out, and I think it brings an energy to the scene that you were describing, when you get news like this, it happens on an episode 3 of your life. It does not happen mm-hmm. towards the end where everyone's gearing for it. It comes out of nowhere and the way they all reacted, especially uh uh Culkin's character. Roman yes. has a couple of bits that we're going to get into that just I ah, I I I thought I thought it uh they they did they, they did it justice. I thought it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's It's awfully sad uh, and it is weird because like we we come on this podcast and and our recaps and we talk about succession. We always emphasize what awful people these are, what incompetent, heartless and, you know, just like really uh, (laughs) malintentioned a lot of the time people these can be. But I think it still speaks to how well written the show is that like you can in that moment really empathize and feel with them because we've all been in those positions of of having our bearings thrown off, of of having tragedy strike close to home. And again, those performances, like you're saying, uh, Kieran Culkin as Roman, just so uh, obviously broken as a person and incapable of handling that moment. I, I thought, for me, my the saddest moment of the whole episode is when he's struggling to even tell his dad things as they have the phone up to his ear and he says you're, did, you're a good dad you did a good job and then like as if knowing he's he's lying he kind of has to pull the phone away and be like no I can't He, he he's not going to let himself even go further down that path and it, it speaks again to the thing that we were talking about last episode and that like Logan didn't live his life in a way that set it up where he could have that kind of happy farewell with his kids where they could his all kids. sit around and hold hold hands like when when the kids are each given a turn to try to talk to him on the phone they're they're all struggling to even say that they they love him like they it's just so alien for them and they have so much so much baggage with him I you know, suggestion is is like it rides that black comedy line, but in this episode, did you find it to be more effective as a trauma, as a trauma drama tragedy, or or was it still yeah. the black comedy that pulled you the through? The
1: traumatis that they say. I, I think the show's always done a really good job of going from comedy to drama uh e- even in the sense of what the first thing you pulled up right was the show kind of bleeding into real life events which i think uh the la times is always uh playing with uh shout out movie files he was talking about how tmz <laughs> may have reports like at this point i don't even know if he's kidding like does tmz because the la times putting out obituaries um there's the fact that he died you know how cheeky these writers are right these british writers are always going up giving their emmy speeches giving a couple of subs right Dying on Margaret Thatcher's death day as well, I think, isn't a coincidence from these writers. Uh, but to answer your question between a comedy and a tragedy, I've told you that the best comedies build up to have the most dramatic moments. And this is just mm-hmm. an hour and three minutes of pure drama because of these characters who you've sympathized. You don't like them, but you sympathize with them so much. You think they're buffoons. Uh, they're they're grown up kids. And yet you feel for them in this moment of tragedy because of the way that it's shot, because of the fact that they don't really showcase you a body, so you're almost left in their perspective. Is this real? Yeah. Is this not? Do you even trust the crew that's already putting a thing together without uh, you guys being involved in it? Um, out of the three, I think the fact that uh, uh, Culkin's character... You had mentioned a moment where he doesn't like want to accept it, and he spends the whole episode not wanting to say that it's actually happened... There was two things in he denial, did. Yeah. There was this moment where he just, yeah, when he gives the phone away, where he's like, I can't do this. J- just take it. And then when Shiv comes in and he does this makeshift hug to her, he does it to Connor as well. He just like squeezes yeah. his arms. You were talking about everyone having an Emmy season. My man showed up in this episode to play. Mm-hmm
0: yeah he was great i mean we it feel it felt you know what i knew that this was going to be a great roman episode is when kieran showed up on hot ones it's like oh they're they're ready for him to win his Emmy. They were, yeah it was the rollout the rollout sure. was already
1: prepping you for it <laughs> and i see you got some links over here they were prepping they're not funny bro they, they 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 get you attached to these characters and then they're they're wiggling little easter eggs right in front of you they're kind of malicious yeah. they're pretty mean they're worse than logan Exactly.
0: I mean, uh, Succession is a show that has in the past hid some things in broad daylight in their season three poster. There was kind of a a shifting of the allegiances between the two different posters that came out. Uh, but the season four poster left something in plain sight that feels like a terrible taunt right now in that if you, you look in the reflection of the building there is that plane flying overhead and I don't know if I'm just overthinking this aspect of it but nah. uh, you're, you're not allowed to fly over New York City like it's restricted for air travel because of you know 9-11 of it all uh, so that they put that there is extremely intentional on their behalf
1: and yeah I mean they, they knew this would be episode that got us yeah. Uh, on top of that, the fact that the social media team came out and was also posting text messages, really honing in on the fact that all of those calls early on that you dismiss about Tom uh, messaging Shiv end up becoming a really big deal because it was her ignoring the fact she could have spoken to her father at the end. One thing that bothers her, like, was I speaking to somebody who was still there? Like, why was Carrie talking to... Uh, uh, What's his name more? Why was everybody having the uh, ability to have a longer conversation than her and not realizing that it was there the whole time? So I think HBO secretly putting it in the poster right there as you see it, yeah, easily. Uh, just a way to taunt you. I think they've done it with all of their posters. I think this is the best one yet because of the fact that they did it so early.
0: Yeah, there we go. Now I got the now the pictures are up on the stream for people to see if they haven't yet. That plane that's uh, hiding in the poster there. Very devilish. That's good of them. Good. Yeah. Uh, So what else did you struck to struck you about this episode? I mean, it's obviously very sad. I think just talking more about moments that really like gave me a lump in my throat. uh, The way that Shiv (laughs) reacts to hearing that Logan is dead with no, I can't have that. I mean, it's real, like send it back to the kitchen vibes, but at the same time, like she's just, that's all she can do to process this moment. Um, yeah. And, and just the way in which all the all the kids are clearly like they don't have the emotional intelligence or the emotional, <laughs> the, the like, yeah, like, like the they're not settled enough. Their Their souls are restless and they don't know what to do with themselves in this moment. And how when they get that first call from Tom saying that Logan is very, very sick. All Roman and Kendall can do is try to like find out who's in control of the situation. Can we talk to the medical service? Let's get the world's best heart doctor can on I the phone in the one pilot. to two minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't speak to the pilot, son. He's flying oh. a plane. <laughs> can,
0: let's give a quick shout out to you know, everybody's saying like uh the that Kendall and Shiv and Roman are kids, giving great performance. Yeah. Obviously, obviously. Peter Friedman, the actor who plays they Frank. Were working such an incredible amount of gravitas that phone call with Kendall that you mentioned when he has to like hit the plane in frustration and tell him, son, you can't talk to the pilot. I mean, it's, it's so real. I think, I think Frank is actually Kendall's godfather too. And, and, you know, he really is. And exactly has been kind of Kendall, the closest thing Kendall's had to a father at many points. So Mm -hmm. just to, to hear him try to, get that across to somebody clearly in denial it's it's the kind of thing that I don't think we get to see very much on TV and it's what partly made it feel so tragic to me to see
1: yeah like you brought up earlier he had just had the last week's conversation with all of them at the karaoke bar they could make that you know we're not as uh, strange as you know (laughs) the media may want to make it out to be but the fact that you have them at the wedding and he dies on a toilet in an airplane. Beautiful airplane, by the way. It was a lot bigger once it landed. I was like, how do they right. get a bed in there? Because it's that massive. He doesn't get the helicopter. Uh, the fact that everyone who's there isn't fully related to him including tom like tom is at the point of getting the divorce you have the crew of people who have been there from the start mentioning frank frank was there at a point in time in the beginning in the first episode when you get like the initial scare what sets everything off in the series that yeah he may be dying so who's going to be the successor you finally get it here which i i've heard a lot of people uh get a little worried people would be me <laughs> if logan's gone what's the show man i don't know i love everybody else but i would be lying if we're if we're not acknowledging the fact that this man carried the show to the degree that he also carried the kids within the show uh, as the father figure so if you get rid of him there's that meme about uh this is logan uh when they look at the stocks after the announcement of the death and how low they go, I'm looking at that and I hope mm-hmm. that's not the viewership for Succession. I don't want it to be like The Walking Dead that after they clobbered one of our favorites, woo, did it go all the way down? Because I think he really holds a lot of that power. Like you said, without him, where's the tension? Without him, uh, do the rest of them even know what they're doing? Does it all just fall apart? The
0: Yeah, it will be interesting to see how the show is able to navigate its future without Brian Cox giving that Titanic performance at its center. That all being said, like there is that stretch run in that first season as after he has, like you mentioned, those health problems where there are a couple episodes where he's basically just held up in a hospital bed saying next to nothing. So the show has been good without him playing a central role in it. But it's also that was early in its run when we're getting introduced to a lot of the characters, not in this moment where he's in such an integral part of all of their lives and they all have the sense of lack of fulfillment because of where their relationships ended with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that the show will feel like there is this sort of like presence missing, but I don't know if I think that's a bad thing, right? Because that kind of is is this meta feeling that the show is giving you that puts you in the shoes of the people at the company of the people in the Roy family. Like there is this central gravitational force that's suddenly, suddenly been thrown upside. And now if everybody is going to like, you know, travel in their different directions and bring chaos into the universe. There's nothing to to hold them all together the way that Logan once did.
1: Do you feel that this death being pre-planned so far ahead of it is the reason why they're ending it this time? Because, you know, you, you think of other shows like The Office. Once you removed Steve Carell, what happened? A lot of people still like it, but you removed yeah. that aspect of it and it... it changed the course of where that show was going and eventually ended Mm -hmm. to the ending of the show. So do you think that once they pulled him out, they realized, okay, we're not going to continue without him? Or is it a matter of as the way the story goes, we have a couple more episodes to fully answer the question, which was the whole purpose of Succession, who succeeds? Exactly.
0: Yeah. and, And I think that's sort of what you're saying, the fact that the show's called Succession we have to see yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we have to see who succeeds him right like that's that's sort of the promise made by the title of the show so i think getting this these next 7 episodes to kind of see where all the kids land see how they shift power and and jockey for control of the company will give us like enough of an off ramp to sort of get a sense of what the arc of this story is, but yeah, I mm-hmm. think it is another case for why it is good to maybe end the show now before it g- goes down a path that is less exciting than the one it's currently on. I um, feel okay. Logan is so central to all these characters that I don't know if it makes as much sense for th- to be like following them dealing with their daddy issues a, s- a season removed from his death. I mean, th- maybe sense. it makes sense in, like, reality, but maybe not as much in TV. So I-, I feel like it's cool because they've given us enough time to really figure out, find out what happens at when uh, <laughs> when the guy at the top finally is removed, right? Like, we-, we get, it's not, we're not getting, like, a cursory, like, oh, and then Kendall went on to da-da-da type of epilogue. We're really gonna see all the fallout from this death. Uh, but I don't know if
1: we need to see much more than that i don't mm-hmm. know if that's the purpose of the show yeah so 100 that was him in the body bag no switcheroo's no easter no switcheroos. logan yeah he's No. A little too no, late, he's not rising. for Apple fools so yeah you don't think he's <laughs> gonna pull something in the next one he's gonna ah suckers i mean for
0: i was thinking that for maybe like 15 minutes there especially with roman just refusing to to admit that he was yeah. dead or believe it uh i don't no. think so I, it, the moment they're
1: waiting show, there for him, yeah. Let's start it back from the top, if you don't mind, though, because I know you got a little bit Let's of a plot it. breakdown. Can we talk about Jerry, dude, or wherever you want to begin it? But j- I thought that was going to be the big pull. The moment I got your dot dot dots, I went, oh, they're trying to get rid of Jerry. Jerry's going to pull a fe- I almost started wondering, did Jerry pull? How how much did Jerry pull? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the episode begins like a,
0: like a typical Succession episode. People on phones and cars making uh, demands of each other. Roman, on his way to Connor's wedding, gets a call from his dad saying that he's uncomfortable with Jerry and wants Roman to fire her. Uh, You feel like this is an Um, actual request from Logan or is he just testing Roman's loyalty here?
1: I think it's a it's a twofer. That's what makes Logan so great is that he knows how to knock out two birds, one stone. Uh, I think he was getting ready to get rid of her because he knew where things needed to shift to. I don't think mm-hmm. it was a smart decision. And I think uh, what really led me to that is not only have I been a, a Jerry stand, I've been saying she's going to come out uh, unscathed by the end of it all we already know one of the most pivotal scenes from last season was the picture being sent to her phone. I don't think it's a smart idea to go against that. There was also, uh, and I'm blinking on her name, uh, Demera, the actress's name?
0: Uh, Uh, Yeah, Carolina.
1: Thank you. When they tell her that they're gonna swap her out, right? The first thing she does is her eyes get really big, as in like, this isn't a a, a smart move. Uh, Mm -hmm. So all of that leads me to believe that it wasn't the most... uh, I don't want to call it a smart this de- or not a smart decision because it did come from Logan. I'm sure he had something else to do. But because he's no longer here to see it through, I mm-hmm. think we see repercussions later for a character who really needed Jerry by his side and didn't get that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's not going to because we see from the f- next week on Succession stuff that like Jerry isn't being cast aside. She's going to stay integral to the company. Uh, you know, now that the person who wanted her fired is gone, so... I
1: know you do your over-under, but I've never seen someone, like... She didn't go over, she didn't go under. She, like, went both ways and ended up right where she began (laughs) in the episode. (laughs) Exactly,
0: push. I love it. Um, Yeah, I mean... um, What what else is there with that? Uh, Roman, I think... While he while he is like being tested here, it's also Logan probably still being mad about the t- about Jerry and Hugo laughing at Carrie, because those are the two people who weren't included on the flight there who ended up at Connor's
1: wedding. So maybe a bit petty on Logan's great behalf, point. but great yeah. point. They were OK. Yeah. <laughs> That's a uh, so... punishment. Go to my son's wedding. That's terrible. bro. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, Connor's <laughs> wedding specifically
0: feels like it could be uh... a punishment. Yeah. Uh, after that, Tom gives Greg a call, uh, letting him know that he's got three or four people gregging for him, uh, before he line. gets on the flight to, to, uh, Sweden with Logan to try and conquer Matson. uh, mm-hmm. Alexander Payne. We didn't hear from him at all this week, but probably going to play a big role going forward and... Uh, they the kids no longer have that buffer of Logan between them either. So mm-hmm. interesting to see what ultimately happens with the Gojo deal. The the uh, teaser for the future episodes of Succession seemed to hint that that's going to be a lot of what we'll see is them dealing with Matson and the Gojo deal and whether or not uh, whether or not they, they'll still go through. What are you expect? What are your expectations for uh, the future of that deal and how Kendall Roman and Shiv uh, deal with it.
1: I don't think they can handle Matson, which is Skarsgård, right? I don't think they can handle uh, who do they owe ten billion dollars to that they won't be Pierce? able to do now. Uh, they can't handle Pierce. Uh, who who else was yeah? Involved? Is the Pierce team just have? out of
0: the window now? It'll be like, curious you know, to like, see how they handle <laughs> after that.
1: You, you you broke all that down to me, and I'm like, so does that does any of that even matter now? Who knows? Uh, the third one, I remember uh, what's his name, pianist was also kind of in the play there. Uh, yeah, when they Adrian had meetings with him. Yeah, they can handle Adrian Brody either. Is he gonna like, come I back? just don't see any of them. Whoever comes back, these children cannot handle them. So I, it's just up in the air for all of them. I really do think uh, Logan was keeping it all together.
0: Meanwhile, back at the docks, people are getting ready to board the boat for Connor's uh, statue of Liberty side wedding. But Connor thinks the cake is inadequate. He
1: this doesn't want to see the inner parts of it. <laughs> That's uh But I even I always that, forget that they're not, they don't all have the same mom. I always yeah. forget that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that funny little bit with Connor ends up being uh, another tragic element of these characters' past as we learned the origins of Looney Cake being that his mother was taken to the insane asylum and he ate cake for a week after that. Uh, just like one of
1: those very sad things that succession just drops Huge. in passing. Just a massive thing dealing with his character just right there. Yeah. And then before you can do that, uh, yeah, major character dies. Only in succession.
0: <laughs> I mean it's probably the most personal thing that we've heard about about this uh, man Connor through the history of yeah. the show so far.
1: Cause he you see him get really aggravated and at one point you're just looking at him, you're like, yeah, that's Connor, of course. He would find something to complain. That's what Willis says. Always finding something mm-hmm. to complain. They also drop it on her on her wedding day, which I thought was ins- an insane thing to do—to not tell their new sister-in-law. Oh yeah, this is a massive thing about your husband, our brother. Uh, mm-hmm. they, first of all, eating cake for a week is—that's insane. Just that that <laughs> concept alone to just eat nothing yeah. but cake, sponge cake. But then, like, well, yeah, that it—that it's a huge traumatic moment in his life, and uh, yeah, you see the ripple effects here. So, another big moment. Absolutely.
0: Uh, then Roman leaves a message for Logan, call, asking if he's a cunt, and then the kids board the boat, get shown to a private room. As Shiv leaves to talk to Connor, Roman gets a call from Tom, your dad's very, very sick. Uh, and then, yeah, the, that's the floor falling out from under them. The, the, the very normal episode of Succession becomes a very
1: memorable one from that point forward. Uh, you took it seriously? Right from the start? What was that? You took it seriously right from the start?
0: I I think so, because it's just such a different tone than what we've heard from Tom, and the sort of scramble and, and inability to, like, get a hold of the situation brought this urgency to it that I don't think we often feel from succession. I think it took me maybe, like, five minutes of that happening to start thinking, like, is this another play from Logan? But yeah, in that moment, I was... I thought I was immediately recognizing what they could potentially be doing and was in, in a bit of shock because it's just so atypical for a uh, for a show like this to do.
1: Yeah, I took uh, it immediately I said no <laughs> until I saw the body.
0: The chest compressions sold it.
1: That's all you need from that angle. That's yeah. all you need.
0: Uh, what's a matter here? Saying, did he try to join the Mile High Club with Anchor Lady <laughs> Carrie? Nah, I tried... saw some people specul- speculating that they talked the about <laughs> uh, he, people. They were talking about how they needed to get the key to get him out of the bathroom. So if Carrie's yeah, yeah, yeah. in there, I don't think that happens. As fun no, as no, that theory Carrie might was be, smiling
1: too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chuckles the clown over there. I, I like Crazy. Tom's line, judging by her grin, it looks like she caught a b- foul ball at Yankee Stadium.
1: Yeah. No, that was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I I liked it, though. Commentary on too many politicians who come out with too many giggles when they're speaking about something serious. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we talked about how uh, the kids' immediate response is to kind of demand that they get the best treatment and the best people, and to try and take control of the situation, since that sort of has been their go-to de- method of dealing with adversity. Is ask yeah. to speak to the manager of the plane or something like that? My God, <laughs> but, like it, <laughs> here, it's just so much more tragic because you see, it's it's their inability to. To handle it and their inab- their inability to uh, process be emotionally ready for it. Yeah. What I mean, did you think about the moments immediately when they received the call and you know not having Shiv there? Shiv, of course, also uh, ignoring a couple calls from Tom that maybe would have gotten them on the phone with mm-hmm. her with their dad a little bit earlier.
1: Yeah, I think them posting that after the fact from the official HBO account, which is again them taunting you even more. By saying, oh, make sure you pick up that call. Uh, you know, I think that's why she feels the most guilt when she comes in and she's wondering about the time. Because I think she's a person who wants to see who else's fault it could be besides hers. I think the mm-hmm. fact that they waited so long to call Connor. Connor didn't even get a pretend to your ear thing. Or like they did for Shiv. Like they might have even been doing yeah. it for them. He didn't even get like He's a thing. He's such an one. afterthought they- to them such an afterthought but for his first thought to be, I'll save it his first thought was so sad, I'm sure you'll bring it up right now on the outline, that was terrible to hear but that initial call and it going just between the two of them and the way that it's shot there there's there's a lot of things in movies where they'll, they'll set up like two cameras or they'll set up like one camera and one angle actor will do their bit and then the other actor will do their bit and there's just a loss that you have there where the actor mm-hmm. is acting but off of an impression that they heard about an hour ago here it right. does not feel like that. It is not a break in a setup. It feels like they're reacting to each other and the whoever may be on the phone in real time. And that's why it's so effective. I don't know if you watch this show or this episode without having seen any of it and you come away mm-hmm. going like, whoa, that was the, the greatest episode of, of series history. If you don't know the characters, I think you'll still be super involved. But I think it's, a simple, it's as simple as just letting them work yeah. No crazy, you know, miss a scene shots or whatever. Which all of that's still in there. They they plan for it, but it's just putting them in this pressure cooker because of us knowing them so long. You just you just let it flow, and uh, it, it delivers.
0: Yeah, it's the intensity of the moment, and all the actors were like clearly up for it. I personally, I thought that Kieran Culkin was the one who blew me away the most, but I thought everybody was really excellent on this episode. And it, it's like uh, in the after the episode, Alan Ruck was talking about how when Sarah Snook came up to him as shit with tears in her eyes. Like that's all the motivation you need to act in those scenes. They all were just so, so emotionally in it and so emotionally available. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Relay is a good way to put it. Cause they're all passing the emotional baton in that moment.
1: Well, they said it was like a play. And like I was telling you, when they were up there yeah. and they were get, Dude, they had this shot. It was like they were on the new iPhones. They like zoomed it out a little. they like, let's get more of the towers in there. And you see everything yeah. in the background. I'm like, are they filming on this ship in real time? They really make you feel that when they're down there. And like you said, having that play-like uh, essence of it brings in an actor who's almost mm-hmm. kind of throwing it to somebody else. And I agree with you that Culkin had the best one. His emotions to everybody else, just a little touch, whatever, felt like it was improv. Like I don't know mm-hmm. how much of it was scripted and how much of it at the moment they just felt like doing something. Um, it's beautiful, just, just beautifully yeah.
0: filmed. And we talk about how good the the dialogue, how good the writing is on Succession, but like that's not just the really pretty lines. That's all the stammering and half sentences too. The little like I don't yeah I I just I just I can't like those yeah, are I'm all not sure. yeah they they tell so much about their characters and one uh-huh. of the things i love so much about the show is how much you can learn about the characters through things they say that just show you bits of their personality like that but uh, like like you're mentioning that that moment when you know they again in the behind the scenes they talked about they had a 27 minute scene a 28 page scene that they shot with three different cameras hiding different bits of film reel on the set to swap out because film cameras can only shoot for 10 minutes simultaneously but it keeps you in the moment and that sense of urgency which is so rare on succession was really really palpable because they're like you, you feel them processing. They go from one room to the other and you can feel the actor like preparing for, for the emotional devastation that he has to deliver to the next person. Uh, on top of it, it's a Some wedding. of the most incredible stuff they've done on this show.
1: And the boy invited press. So you also have that one moment with with Greg where he takes a yes. call and he's like, well, you're, is your uncle going to make it? You make it what? And you don't really know who's a part of the press. So it gives you this almost like you, the camera is a PR person. The camera is someone from the press mm-hmm. who may just be Voyeuristic, watching. yeah. And thank you. Ah, oh, and that part of it, uh, which is something that the show has always had. It always feels like there's someone watching our characters, but mm-hmm. it, 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 the contained space in this one and what was happening really made it feel, uh, it really made it send out a lot more that you were like almost spying on these people as they were trying to hide this big devastating thing that just happened to them.
0: Um, <laughs> there is that. Mo- what it was the moment that you're talking about with Connor? I don't know if I had uh, the pe- bit of time. Yeah, dialogue really quick. It was just
1: earlier on you had mentioned all these lines and to just take it away from like all the trauma that was happening. There was one early on when everything's still fine and dandy where he goes, You know, they always keep out that Scrooge. He <laughs> <You laughs> raised a lot of money. Yeah.
0: So to I go with your one. point
1: that these lines. Uh, just end up becoming uh, things that, that that show you more about these characters, I thought that was hysterical because it really showcases how he sees himself. He's like, yeah, 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 Why do you focus so much on the bad things? Don't you know we do good? And it's like, that's exactly how Connor sees it. He thinks that the good can outshine the bad when the bad should never be happening to begin with. I thought that was a beautiful absolutely. Nightmare.
0: Yeah, I mean, so telling of him for sure. I also thought that this was just like a a really interesting bit. I'm uh, showing it on the stream right now that Connor is the one who actually takes time to kind of console each of the siblings while they're all... Sort of spinning out of control, he actually has a moment of physical intimacy with all of them, and like you mentioned, it is he does sort of have that very weird hug with Roman because Roman doesn't know how to physically interact with other people. I saw somebody yeah. describe
1: it as like a wrestling move, but you know he gives <laughs> <And> yeah, he, <laughs> but he was never gonna flip him over. Yeah. Do you <laughs> have the line that Connor says?
0: Uh, the when he the one? news.
1: Nah. When oh, he hears I... the news. Yeah. That his what was it died, the,
0: like? he never liked me anyway or
1: that's every line that the kids say as soon as have it, as soon as they have to face it i thought said a lot about them not just with connor's but um kendall getting on the phone taking his little corner the same way roman said go find a little corner and just do your yeah. little private thing kendall's i can't forgive you but it's okay
0: Ooh. yeah That's a great one, too.
1: Uh, Yeah, that may be one of the best things that they've written for him or that came out of I don't know where. Uh, Because I like how they were all talking about their processes, uh, and and Mm -hmm. Kendall was like, nah, i got to be in there. Like, someone is dying. That's just me. And I'm like, you would be. Uh, What's his name? What's the actor's name? He does do that Uh, in every performance. He he goes a little too overboard. Um, (laughs) And you could just tell that he stayed in that state of mind. So I don't know if that came from him, if that was already written for him, but uh, I can't forgive you. Breath. But it's okay is a huge line. And it goes hand in hand with the conversation we're having last week about was the father there at the karaoke bar to really apologize or to still do business? And I think that was the best closing line. I cannot forgive you, but it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, well, Tom,
0: uh, Tom, Frank, Carl, and Carolina. on board with the body, decide that they have to start taking next steps, which is, you know, the moment then, the kids then have to spring into action or not, right? It's sort of like what you're talking about. They take their moment to grieve, and then Kendall is the first one of them that sort of starts to snap back into business. I thought it was a a really interesting line when he said uh we're highly liable to misinterpretation so what we do today will always be what we did the day our father died so let's you know grieve and whatever but not do anything that restricts our future free- freedom of movement and that's that to me is like all right they snap back Business. to it like they might be they might be sad but they're still a lot at stake and they realize it
1: yeah i think he also gets a look from hugo when hugo comes into the room And he goes, Mm. are you ready, son? I'm reading a little too into that one, right? But a will Mm -hmm. has been made. Right. Right.
0: Uh, I mean, we assume so. There better be. has to be. I think an interesting question to ask, though, if we're talking about a will, is uh, whether or not Carrie is in it.
1: Ugh. I think that... I hope not. <laughs> uh, I think that Carrie may be so dumbstruck from it because she realized that she just kind of got downgraded and is almost like mm-hmm. slap happy with this idea of like, will I still be involved? And I think in that conversation in particular, Alina and I had a discussion about this. When she comes out, I'll slap happy, right? Very confused mm-hmm. about what has just happened that uh, Carolina tells her, hey, about um, we're working on something here. If you could just go to the back. And then she's like, so do you need <laughs> me here? Make yourself and comfortable. to me... Yeah, Lena and I were were discussing. Should she have been told, "No, you're not involved. Just go to the back." I think she, I think the direction was already given that you were not involved. Go to the back. Yet she still felt the need to be. Will I be included? Will I be this? I. To me, she's feeling she's not a part of the will. She's been pushed to the sides as anchors. She wants to be included in some way, shape, or form because it's done for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way that Greg has been told, you were at the bottom of the pole. <laughs> Well, what are you now? I think Carrie's in the same position. The one person who was defending him the most, gone.
0: Yeah. Uh, She lost her protector, and so did Tom. I think one of the moments that I haven't seen people talking about a whole lot but really stuck out to me was Tom's phone call to Greg, where he tells Greg the news that Logan's died— And asks him to go into the office to delete that logistics folder, that pesty logistics folder that's got some pretty damning information in it. They've always sort of like dangled that bit of information too. And I guess it's interesting that they chose in this moment to not let you forget that uh, there's some stuff tom is still holding on to that could potentially mm-hmm. be quite damaging uh he also i thought interestingly tells greg that people should know that that's he the was logan when he died
1: that's hilarious get the little birdies yeah. out there tell your story right you mm-hmm. just brought up the line that you quoted from kendall we will be defined or what is it by what we did on our on the day of our father's death he's realizing the same thing I need to be on the record books as having been there by his side on his death day. Everyone's mm-hmm. just writing their history. That's, it's insane. Yeah. Uh,
0: so as we were talking about, the kids start to scramble for uh, their bit of power. They decide they have to be on on the statement. Kendall says that even if they want to change their minds to na- tomorrow, they need to keep their options open by appearing in control of the company for the time being. Uh, And then there's that really devastating scene where Roman tries to open up to Jerry uh, after when they're in that room together. And she just completely Mm -hmm. cold shoulders him.
1: I didn't understand. I understood Jerry emotionally. But if you've got your job back, wouldn't you want to comfort the one kid who may still be in succession and thus mm-hmm. can have a difference of opinion in terms of firing you. Like, I understand she has got, like, unfired. She's like, screw you for being... Th- I get that. Right. But, like, don't you still want to have an in? Like, the, the the top dog is gone. It's the kids now. Yeah. I would I have given and him I, a tap on the back at least. But I understand, like, you just got fired an hour ago by the same exactly.
0: kid. Exactly. And and maybe it's a little bit of her just having enough of their shit and realizing, like, she doesn't need...
1: It's the biggest maybe neighbor. ...need him as much. I don't know. Like, to me, you've how yeah. old are these kids? Thirties? You have been doing everything. This is the day where you're not gonna provide <laughs> what you've provided for so many other random days, you know? Like just knowing mm-hmm. their relationship, I thought that, that really sucked because it's like, I don't know, uh, I he really wanted it. There's just that one moment where the door closes and he just wished that she was there to just just hug him or, or give him some sort of yeah. embrace. Those little weak embraces he was giving everybody the else. He wanted someone to just bear yeah. hug him. We'll see. That's gonna be really interesting how that plays out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, there We've is We've never that seen them as oppositions. When... Right, yeah, we haven't seen them on on uh against each other, so that might be an interesting future thing to follow as well. Um Culkin, I think, I- in that first talk. It's really interesting. There's a moment when Jerry says, this means nothing to me. And I do feel like there's a part of Jerry who kind of feels like she's been through enough of the bullshit. And she doesn't really need, like, kind of where Frank was when he first got fired, where it's like, I'm old. I got my money. That's right, he got fired. You can't really affect me emotionally anymore. True, true, true. Uh, So then we have... Uh, The press conference where everybody finally arrives at Teeterboro to deliver the news to the world. And Shiv steps in front of the microphone, adding that the kids intend to shepherd the company's future. We'll be there. Just as they were finally out, they're all pulled right back in to Waystar, Royco. Let's maybe do a little bit of stock up, stock down, because now that Logan is out of the way... Is there anybody whose future you're buying into? Anybody who you think is most destined to be atop of this
1: corporate ladder by the end? Or
0: uh, do you feel like it's they're all doomed to failure on the show?
1: I said that I thought that there may be hints of Hugo telling Kendall, Hey, you know, you may be up next. Mm. I have liked seeing the growth of Shiv. But I feel he's still not impressed by Kendall. He's still upset that Shiv's the one who, what did you say? You got the highest bid, you morons. (laughs) I think he may have something in store for Roman, specifically because he made sure to get rid of the only person who can take down Roman, the Mm. only person who had stuff on him. So that was already in the works. So I'm wondering if he was just planning to give it to the one son who hasn't left his side.
0: Interesting. That would really I mean, make
1: it a Roman season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it would, I mean, it would make sense given what is set to come on Succession, because the two big remaining things going on story-wise, or, or the biggest things, I guess, are this acquisition of Gojo by Matson, who has the closest relationship to Roman of the three kids, and the ongoing Great presidential point. election where Justin Kirk playing Jared Mencken he also had like a long heart to heart with Roman uh, previous season. So Roman mm-hmm. has a big connection to whatever the future of Waystar Royco is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he might be in the prime position. It still kind of feels like Kendall is the one playing point, even amongst the kids and, and figuring out like the next moves. So it, maybe it's just because Jeremy Strong is such a big presence on this show, but I, I'm inclined to lean that way at least for, for their future. But We'll we'll see. I don't think this is a show that is very practiced in delivering happy endings to its characters.
1: Absolutely not. Or its actors when they realize they're in the yeah. final season and no one told them.
0: <laughs> well, that was another funny thing. In I don't know if you listened to the Succession podcast at, uh, at all that HBO puts out. Apparently, mm-hmm. Brian Cox. One of the things that he was made him okay with his character dying is he still got paid for the full season.
1: <laughs> You're lying. If he's, he unless he's lying he on the won. podcast, my g. We as soon as the show ended, we go. There's prob- probably probably going to be nine. <laughs> he's missing six. Six times three hundred k minimum. Minimum.
0: Now my my man is Shut uh, doing on, well. Logan. He, that's we Logan Roy move right, with right the there.
1: Severance package.
0: Yeah.
1: Woo. Okay. So his presence will be felt at least the accounting department. mm Hmm. <laughs> Whoa. Nice. Okay. All right, yeah, you can take me out episode three, too, then. <laughs>
0: uh, the Clean kids shot
1: share a... Clean shot. Clean yeah, shot. The, Not better the than the one from last season. And, and you know which one I'm talking about.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. That season three moment. I mean, it feels like we get one moment of, like, physical intimacy between the siblings every season that is sort of the, the emotional climax for some bits, uh, but this one in particular just feels really cathartic and necessary. But it also, to me, potentially spells out what we're destined to see on Succession. I wonder if they're doing a, a clever bit of like foreshadowing here in that okay, this so? moment of tragedy has, has brought them all together. They're acting more like a family than pr- basically at any previous point in this show. I thought also another interesting moment that we didn't talk about was... when they do decide to go tell Connor that Kendall steps up partially because he sees Roman doesn't feel able to, but that Shiv also steps up to do it with, with Kendall and they hold hands. Like they're actually trying to help each other for a change. But immediately after this hug, all three of them go their separate ways. Shiv gets into the car with Tom. Roman goes to check on the body. Uh, Kendall just watch watches from afar. And I wonder if that's the succession writers being very smart and telling us that this is the closest they'll ever be, and now we're going to watch them all move away from each other and separate. Wow.
1: Okay. Well, we'll see. And kind of just yeah, to be on we'll his own getting married. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the episode of course ends with a, another brilliant bit of Nicholas Bertel's score. I mean that always is said- like the thing that brings this together. It's th- those those drops at the end of the episode just always feel like a big exhale moment. I feel I feel yeah. my body tension start to uh, dissipate after that.
1: You know it's so good. I've heard people complain about you know the Game of Thrones one, right? Oh no, I think it was uh, Nikolai said he couldn't watch the new series because it was the same intro. We've had this discussion mm-hmm. as well. Star Wars has done it. You know Game of Thrones is doing it. If you give me the prequel, I want those piano keys for Succession. Yes, to stay. <laughs> yes,
0: hey, it has to be. I mean, HBO has already done it. it,
1: like you said. Yeah, they've done it already. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind.
0: Uh, do you have a favorite quote from this episode? I got a couple more that we haven't run through yet.
1: Um, besides, you know, bringing back up the Scrooge one, uh, it was more more so moments. Again, I really liked those reactions from Roman where he's just like, get, get the phone away from me. I was like, ooh. Yeah. I, I don't know. He hit those pockets where it, it really felt like you were just voyeuristically seeing somebody who just got the call that their father died uh, and the way that he yeah. gripped the siblings. So it was more those moments, but what quotes you got?
0: Yeah, the, the painful moments that... Uh, it feels like we shouldn't be witness to, but but succession allows us to. Because you get him so quick and uh, the
1: camera pans away, so you just got that little glisten of his li- eye before the tear dropped. It's It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Frank earlier. I thought when he says, I'm trying to do my job, he's like 12 feet away and I knew him for 40 years. We're not pulling anything here. Just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a very yeah. real delivery on that too. And it, again, this is a show where everybody's constantly jockeying for control. But, like, it's a little hard to, to be in that mindset when there's a dead body right over there, right? Yeah. Uh, Carolina
1: MVP for this episode, by the way. She's the one who made sure to get everything together. She's probably the one who told Tom who to call after yep. uh, Shiv wasn't answering. And she was the one who put everything together. And mind you, not everyone's listening to her. But I think she's the one who knew, hey, no fishy business here. But we do need a statement <laughs> for everyone's sake.
0: Yeah. Carolina, maybe she should be in control by the end. I don't <laughs> Uh, another great line, Connor, my father's dead and I feel old. Ugh, I don't know. That one hit me right in the heart. That, that's so tragic. Uh, Connor, uh, we didn't talk about his little heart-to-heart with Willow, which I thought was one of the best scenes of this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're finally like... Able to lay bare their relationship, he asks her if he's if she's just with him for money, and she says money's a part of it, <laughs> but she's happy, and I I like I believe her there, you know, like there, like obviously she's there because she he's provides her with a sense of protection and a, a sense of security, but like he's kind of a fun goof, and I feel like they actually complement each other in weird ways. I, I liked also when she's like, I'm not going to divorce you. Not today, at least.
1: I think this is a combo that gives you another set of Succession Kids. I'll leave it at that.
0: (laughs) Oh, not a good recipe. Succession Kids. Uh, We should probably talk about one other element that I I think would be very interesting uh, if they choose to follow this path. Because Caitlin actually reminded me of something that happened on last season that I'm worried a lot of people are forgetting um, and there's just a very little moment when they're at the the wedding. Um, let me see if it'll pull up here. Who's wondering? Connor mentions that Dad is working on his his baby batter. He's he's drinking that maca root. He might be stop. You think Carrie's trying pregnant? for a kid with Carrie? Could that be another shoe to drop later this season?
1: Damn, what an anchor. Sheesh. <laughs> that feels gross. Another process. Yeah, joins maybe. The fold. <laughs> maybe. <Ew>. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes.
0: Uh, but the best quote of the episode is probably Kendall. We'll get a funeral off the rack. We'll do Reagan's with tweaks. <laughs> so good.
1: I wonder how many uh, of those he goes. I know he's not improving those, right? So I wonder how many yeah. of those he has, and then how he tweaks it to the moment, or if he gets it like straight out uh, with those quips. But that's a good on.
0: Yeah, I mean the cutting room floor and the succession dread room is, I'm sure, is littered with gold. Uh, I like Ashnik here in the live stream comments. Bro, that's no. a good one, Greg. Please don't use my name as a verb. I'm still, I'm a, still a human being.
1: Don't use uh, my name as a verb. Yeah, but Gregging is a good verb though. Not gonna lie. It is. And you immediately know what he means as well. I agree. Uh, Before we get into your what's next to wrap it up, I know you had started another question from Ashnik that said, does shooting on film versus digital have significant difference since we are watching it through streaming anyway? I think that's a really good question. I'll let you start that one. Um, I mean,
0: there's certainly, like, I don't know if you can notice all of the quality if you're not watching it in, in a pristine environment for sure like if you're not if your tv is maybe not the most up-to-date you might not notice these things as well but there is like a different quality to how it looks when it's shot on film versus on digital and i i think particularly because this is like a very high society world that we're in and they're they're uh this is the elites of the elites and this lav these lavish environments there's like almost like a classiness to giving it that filmic look like a very like traditional kind of environment and vibe to it. So I do think Mm -hmm. it like fits the tone of the show as well. And and then when you add in the fact that like, maybe because they're shooting on film, they are a little bit more precious, a little bit more intentional and, and just making sure that they're, uh, you know, make getting the most out of it. So Mm -hmm. I think there's, uh, there's things that you can tell, but also some things that maybe subconsciously uh, affect the quality when you're shooting on film for something like this. Yeah.
1: Longevity, too. Having it on film doesn't mean that you won't be able to showcase it later. So the question being, like, you may not be getting the best of it, but I can guarantee you watching something on your phone that's shot on a phone compared to something shot on cameras on that same little tiny screen, you will see a difference. So I think the difference still showcases, even if you're not getting the most quality, but you never know. They may have showings of it in some sort, but you still feel the artifacts of what the film is. And like Zach said, that's a big thing that uh, throughout the years, I think a lot of directors have gravitated towards. You're able to get different performances from your actors because of the way that the set runs when you have film. So, um, I still think it's worth it. I think you notice a lot of the the grain and the scratches on it. Yeah. So, good question.
0: And especially, especially that uh, moment we were talking about where they do the twenty minutes, twenty seven minute scene. I mean, that urgency that is so palpable in those and to moments. Catch it on film. Me- yeah, may, maybe it, it does feel that much more urgent because they know they're they're only doing this the one time. They're getting it on film, so
1: it just yeah, looks I think there are
0: qualities that um, benefit to shooting it on film. All right, but let's talk about what's next for the show because with Logan gone, Kendall, Dead. Roman, and Shiv lost <laughs> you their one primary out for, for
1: Logan last night, bro. <laughs>
0: We, should we pour one right out now? I can pour a little out for Logan right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Figuratively speaking, me, to Logan. Do it on camera a little <laughs> to bit. To Papa okay. Logan. Oh, dear. I'll Try to miss my, to the miss my laptop. <laughs> the
1: stream's done. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it stinks, bro. It's one of the biggest TV deaths.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is certainly on, like, the level of the Red Weddings or what have you, and particularly because it... I, succession has... Given us wedding episodes before, and yeah, there has been some tragedy in them, but nothing like this. So, I think everybody was anticipating Connor's wedding to be this goofy, hilarious affair, and then man, 16 minutes in, they they drop that anvil on you. Um, do you think this is Succession's best episode? Because I saw a lot of people, you know, coming out hot,
1: giving it that, really, that praise. Really, really interesting debate that I have been seeing. I love the episode. I do not think it's the best episode. I understand why people love it. uh, And I think it's great. All of the episodes are great. And this could easily be a top five episode for people. I don't think it's entering anyone's top three when all is said and done. Especially because we still have so much more this season. I think it's the excitement of, holy, how did this happen in the third one? That's got us a a little bit jarred. You know, it's that festival fever. You're still sitting there within the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's not good, but there have been better episodes. It's just the shock of what they did here that I think should speak in and of itself as as something. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think Red Wedding is people's top five episodes, but I think the Red Wedding is, like, the biggest shock culturally to uh, people not right. uh, expecting to see something like that in a series. And I think Succession's now been able to do that. I know uh, people in the chat were mentioning uh, these episode threes now tend to be this really big... Uh, to look Turning forward point. to, they used to be the slump, right? It's like, oh, the pilot mm-hmm. two, three, four, all right, five's gonna set up what's gonna happen in seven and eight. Nah, I, so I like the, the change that this has caused. I hope that this is remembered as something like, oh, you can invigorate the beginning of your seasons a lot, uh, a lot faster, not have to drag it out, especially in the streaming mm-hmm. age. So it's still a really good episode. I wouldn't argue with anybody who put it in the top, especially because I see a lot of people having visceral reactions to experiences they've had. This show got this episode got that right like you were saying mm-hmm. how it really feels to get news like that and i think a lot of people are connecting to that uh in a way that i i can think of very little episodes or tv or shorts that have uh embodied that is it in your top 5 it's
0: it's weird because i i agree with what you're saying right like when you look at this episode compared to like what it does compared to like the entire landscape of film and tv it's doing some really amazing unseen things i think it's going to some really emotionally vulnerable places that it's rare to get to and also just the just the journey that we've been on that we've spent so much time with this family and with logan in particular weekly basis for sure exactly years and weeks and we have arrived at a point where you can actually grieve for his character like you it does actually feel like a loss of some kind because we've spent so much yeah. time with him and and to to be embedded with the family as they all process it too is just such a It's so vital and feels so alive. It feels so lived in those moments. So it is like a very, very special episode of TV. But like also when I think about it in terms of Succession, so many of the things that I love about Succession are not things that happened in these episodes, right? Like you mentioned like even just the the lack of Brian Cox in this episode, like can that – disqualify it from being the best uh succession episode i i don't know uh and and like i really i really love um episodes like which side are you on or too much birthday but they also they also have these moments when looking back at them it's like not there are little like extraneous bits that aren't necessarily the most important things in succession and this mm-hmm. episode was all extremely important things. That's another thing that makes it feel like a, a, a that much bigger of an episode. That recency bias does make me want to put it like towards the top of my list, maybe not all the way at number one, but like in that top three. But I also, we need to see how it all plays out, right? Like if- this leads to a terrible episode four, which I can't imagine it will. But if it does, that's going to change how this episode tastes in the future.
1: Dang. Yeah, it could either be retroactively the worst episode or it catapults into what's going to be so good you're not even going to remember this one for what it leads to. Absolutely.
0: Uh, I mentioned Brian Cox was interviewed on the Succession podcast earlier, and I thought he mentioned something else pretty interesting. And I don't know if I've seen this talked about much or, or reported officially. He said that each episode is supposed to be a day, with this third episode being day three. So, if that's wow. what is actually happening, and we've got, you know, another seven episodes of succession left, does that mean we have a week left in the timeline of this show? And, and does that he sound interesting
1: a- to you? You're saying he died on the third day on <laughs> Easter. <laughs> that does, that, that's actually really fascinating. I'd be curious to see, uh, how that plays out for the other episodes, because then that means that each one won't have a lot of bouncing back and forth between storylines as much as it is perspectives, right? So, like, the trailer for this next one, I don't usually watch the trailers, but I had to, right? I'm like, let me see if he's Mm -hmm. really, really gone. Um, (laughs) They cut that up to look like possibly one of my favorite episodes. Though That trailer looks like what I come to succession for. Everyone firing on all cylinders, which this episode had for sure, but it's that everybody has a want and and it looks like this next episode's gonna give me that. It just looks like it's gonna be nothing but bars, bro. I, I'm very excited for it.
0: So, do you think this is gonna be a lot of sibling rivalry headed into the back half of the season, or it, are, are we going to get a little bit more unity than uh, maybe I'm expecting at least?
1: I think the unity's gonna come in the least expected ways because it's not just the sibling rivalry. It's also everyone who's working at the company. It's also other forces, the people who they have to provide money for those funding it. Yeah, it's a blast. I'm excited. Six episodes. I-, I hope they go all out.
0: Same. I mean, I, there's no reason to not trust them at this point, and to deliver like what is unquestionably one of their all-time great episodes. This uh, deep into the run, like they still got it. Obviously, and they they, <laughs> they brought out the fourth. heavy hitters for this one. Uh, Jesse Armstrong wrote it. Mark Mylod directed it. So you know they they knew that they had to step up for it. And I look, I, if they've got if they decided to do it this early, that means they must have a lot of stuff they want to do for after Logan's death. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited by the fact that they have given themselves so much time to deal with the fallout. That that to me has been the kind of lingering question like what what happens to these kids when dad isn't there to make up for their mistakes or kind of just be be like this person who can't be crossed that gives them security. So uh it will be interesting to see th- what happens when they do start to try to wrestle control from one another rather than just from their father. I I hope that they will remain somewhat amicable for the run, but I don't have my expectations high for, for, uh, for them to get along at least me neither. Uh, So let let me wrap it up with this. What will it be like for you to watch the show without Brian Cox? You already talked about how you're going to miss that Titanic performance, but uh, are you still looking forward to Succession every week?
1: Yeah, I have to see how it all plays out. I have to see what he left in store for them. I think there's still several episodes where you're going to feel his presence just because of uh, whatever web he still had laid out in case he died. Uh, I I do agree with the chat. It's the one thing I've been saying. I think the scummiest character in the entire show is Greg. And I think he still has a couple of uh Gregness things up his sleeve. Uh as the great nephew who still got put on the LA Times obituary. But yeah, I'm still looking forward to see how it's all gonna play out. Um and I hope they wrap it up nicely. Yeah,
0: same. Uh, I just this is my favorite show on TV right now, so I, I'm uh, He's my favorite, he always my favorite excited character to easily. See what, yeah. Uh, well, I mean he, he's at least locked up the best guest actor Emmy. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right so anything else we want to talk about with this episode one of the huge episodes of succession Connor's wedding
1: no just uh, I'm curious to see uh if this ends up being one of the best three best ones of this this season alone with everything that we still have in store and I'm curious to see what else they they do with succession because it's built up to be one of the biggest things that they've had in true succession theory you would think that they would do some spin-off or a movie or something of the sort I think they have uh, various ways to go with all the characters that they have with prior stories, but uh, I just hope they wrap this one up uh, in the best way possible.
0: Yeah. Same for me. I'm just, uh, I'm just going to be tuning in every week and keeping my expectations uh, high. Cause I, I love the show so much, but we'll be back every week leading up to the finale because uh, there's still a lot left to come. Jesse Armstrong mentioned that he he cried delivering this news to Brian Cox. And he also cried at the table read for uh, the last episode. So there might be some more tragedy he left. He said he
1: was scared, man. They should have had Greg go <laughs> deliver the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should have learned, taking a lesson from himself. Uh, but
0: uh, that's all for this week's edition of the Intercut Podcast Succession Recap. Catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at Z Shevich. That's Z S H E V is in Valter I C H. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show Artwork and People Find More from You.
1: You can find me, uh, you know, Morning Logan over on Twitter, on Letterboxd, on YouTube at LME Explained. We'll or catch me every week here talking about succession on the Intercut Podcast.
0: Yeah, we'll be here every week talking about stuff on intercut with you can, which you can listen to on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher Shout is. I like Overcast. And then thanks to all of y'all who are also watching our video feed on youtube.com slash We're including the people in the live stream. You can catch us every Monday doing the innercut weekend must watch, which is streaming right after this. So if you are with us, make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, like our videos, leave us a comment, consider heading to iTunes to give us that much requested five star review. Shout out to those of you in the Netherlands and Ireland Woo! for putting us on the TV and film podcast charts out there. Uh you can like our Facebook, you can follow our Instagram, you can follow our Twitter, or you can support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month and you can find all of those links at Intercut Pod or in the description down below. Also a link to nice. our Discord down below where you can chat with us throughout the week and get updates from art from me, from all the guests we feature here on intercut including Movie Files and Carsten Runquist shouts to both of you for uh hopping in the live stream earlier uh and yeah make sure you're subscribed to our Patreon too cuz we're going to be doing a bunch of fun stuff on the pod soon we got a A24 bracket that we will need y'all help y'all's help assembling so if you want to help us figure out the which before films the will qualify for the top 64 the bracket before the bracket uh Drop us $1 a month on Patreon.com and you can come hang out with us during our April patron hangout. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, Mr. Scrooge just happened to be a huge wealth creator, but they don't mention that in Mr. Dickens' books now, do they?